here brothers and sisters welcome to yet another episode for the podcast i need answers it's your boy we're coming yet here again to talk about the book i need answers we're going strong we're on the sixth chapter and i guess you know what that means you know what time it is it's time for the birds and the bees the birds and the bees. That's right. <laughs> we're we're about to talk about some stuff today. Mm, 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 mm. If you're around your mama, you might want to get away because it's about to get awkward. Anta, serat yazu, serat. Way good one. we're gonna get through it. We're we're gonna get through it. If we ever ever needed a prayer it would be right now so let's clear our dirty little minds and gather our thoughts as we bow down before our heavenly father in the name of the father the son the holy spirit one god amen holy 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 is your name our lord and our savior jesus christ thank you for bringing us together we ask that you open up our hearts and our minds to teach us what you have prepared for us today guide us oh god help us understand our faith and I ask you, God, that you give me the ability to speak and use me as a vessel and accept my services that I offer up unto you. Through the intercessions of the most holy Theotokos and all of the saints, for blessed are you unto ages and ages. Amen. Okay. So I got to be honest. I'm a little nervous, obviously, because uh, <laughs> it's about to get real. Um, but before like, we get into all that stuff that we're going to talk about, I got to tell you a story. True story, true story. Um, as you can imagine, when like I wrote this book, it went through many edits. And like, keep in mind, I sent it to my friends, my parents, but most interestingly of all, I sent it to multiple priests, including the local bishop. But on the first edit of this specific chapter, so the birds and the bees, the birds and the bees, that's right. The opening was a bit different than the version you have in front of you. So I kicked it off by starting with the word sex written 14 times in a row. That's like, that was the opening of the chapter. That's like how I started it. <laughs> and then a priest called me and said, Minology? <laughs> you know, he was like very disappointed. He was like, what happened to my son? And keep in mind, I like I, I sent this to my parents and you know, they told me to like tone it down a bit and, and all this stuff. But of course, I listened to them. And now you have the version that you have in front of you today. But there is a reason why I wanted to begin with such a powerful, you know, like eye grabber type of thing. It's not just like so people would read it and laugh. But I think there was a point that I was trying to make. And that point is, I think culturally, the way we think about sex is not healthy. Like, growing up, I was led to believe that sex was something bad and horrible. And like, whoa, hey, mm. you never talk about it. And like, it was something evil, something you never like, you know, discuss or whatever. But like, if we read the Bible, honestly, like honestly, and take the time to learn about uh, the, what the church fathers were teaching and all this, we discover that sex is actually a gift from God. That is precisely why we 
all have extreme sexual urges. It's because that's embedded within us. It's a gift that God gave us. These feelings that we have of sexual temptation, it's not bad. In fact, if you have strong sexual temptations, understand it. That's not a bad thing. It just means you're normal. This is perfectly normal. But the key is knowing what to do with the thoughts that you have. When it comes to sex, although it is a gift, there's a right way and a wrong way to use it. Two story. Uh, my niece, so like my niece is like two years old and we got in a fight. We got in a fight because I don't think she really likes me. You know what I mean? Like she 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 goes around she hugs everybody but she never hugs me she you know smiles at everybody she frowns at me so like you know what i'm saying i was feeling a little some type of way about this and one time i decided that like like i'm i'm we, i'm gonna resolve this with my niece you know cuz she's 2 years old so like all right i wanted to grab her attention you know, so I took out my phone and like, you know, I like turned it on and I, like I waved it in front of her face to grab her attention. She thought it was a toy. I was like, all right, I got a 10 now. We're playing. Right. Like it's my two year old niece. And then she threw it on the floor. Oof. Oof. I was upset. Like I didn't want to fight a two year old in front of my whole family members. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to do that. So I walked away. Cause I'm a Christian, but here's the thing. She, it, the phone didn't break. No damage was done, but I can't really get mad at her. Cause she's like a two year old, like, but, and she thought it was a toy, but it's not a phone. Obviously, as you know, it's a powerful tool that has so many things embedded in it and it can do so many things, but it's not designed to be thrown around. And if you keep throwing your phone around, eventually it will break. The same thing is true with sex. There's a right way and a wrong way to use the gift of God. Like, there's nothing wrong with the phone itself. The phone is not the problem. It's how you use it. If you bang it against the wall, that's the wrong way to use it. And you break it. You break it. Now, I was the one who gave the phone to my niece, but I was the one who was upset at the end because she used it the wrong way. Of course, again, I can't blame her because she's a two-year-old. Now, when it comes to us, we have to have that insight to say, wait a minute, I have to realize that I'm going to use this gift that God gave me in a wrong, in a right way, rather. So the game of sex, here's the thing. If you read the book, you, you probably recognize that when we think of sex, we should think of it like a game, like just like any other game out there. The thing about a game is you can only enjoy it when people in the game are following the rules of the game. Think of the following example. Think about playing basketball. Like you're hooping, you're playing, and everybody has a good time and all that stuff. But what would happen if one team decided to deliberately score on their own basket just for no reason? And the other person decides to kick the basketball around and, and, and not worry about dribbling and all this stuff. Then, like, nobody's going to enjoy the game of basketball. Like, nobody would even look at it, right? Because, like, people are just making up rules. And the whole that beautiful game of basketball is ruined because people are not following the rules. So, nobody's having fun. The same thing is true with sex. 
Sex is really enjoyable. Again, it's a gift from God. Some even argue it's the best gift that God gave us. But that's it. the point is, we, we are supposed to enjoy this gift, but we can only enjoy it when we are following the rules. So what are the rules? Rule number one, you cannot play by yourself. Rule number one, you cannot play by yourself. I think you know what I mean here. I'm talking about masturbation. Again, here's another thing that we don't talk about in, in our culture, but it's a huge problem, a huge problem. I remember I was in Sunday school and the discussion of masturbation uh, rose up and the people, the person that was leading the discussion was referring to it as this thing happens under these circumstances. And he didn't even want to utter the words masturbation. And I think, again, that's a problem. Just because we're talking about it, it doesn't mean we're bringing life into it. It's just we're recognizing the issue. See, I believe that because masturbation is something that we're, that people are embarrassed to talk about, that that we don't discuss, uh, people find a need to do this sin and it is a sin god doesn't allow it people do it in private and because people do it in private there is no accountability like no one will challenge you when you're doing the things you're doing in private no accountability nobody to warn you or advise you to stop especially pornography i mean people are addicted beyond belief and this used to be a problem of guys but now it's a problem for women as well there's like research and research about this of like how bad it is because especially now with internet being fast and like images coming up fast your brain is literally rewired to making it think that this is the new rules of the game of pleasure and when it comes down to having a healthy relationship with two people, just the mind doesn't know how to function. But I want to talk about some solutions. What can you do? If you really feel like you're losing control and you're addicted to, to masturbation and pornography, the, the, in the book I talk about many of the things that you can do. But but here I want to talk about one of the biggest thing is try to have an accountability partner. Somebody you trust, like a good friend, somebody around your age group that you can say, hey, I have this problem. Let's hold each other accountable. Obviously, make sure that it's a safe zone. Make sure you're around the same age. Obviously, make sure you're of the same sex. And then be honest with each other. And and whenever you're being tempted, have someone that like you can call and somebody you could text and say, hey, hey, I'm struggling. Please help me. The other thing you could do is... Uh, Try to keep yourself busy. One of the best stories in the Bible, and I always talk about this, is the story of King David right before he fornicated with Bathsheba. We're told that they were in the middle of a war. King David, being a king, was leading a war. And instead of going out to battle that specific day, he says he fell behind. In fact, he took a nap. And when he woke up, he saw Bathsheba bathing. And of course, he fornicated with her. This is, speaks volume for how we act. We're in the middle of a war, spiritual war. And we should never sleep. We should never forget that we're in the midst of a battle. And we have to be vigilant all the time to get up 
and keep fighting the good fight. So make sure you have an accountability partner. Make sure you have somebody that's going to get you through all these temptations, all these things that you possibly are going through. Like I said, the book tells you of all the other recommendations and the, the real harm that can come from that can result from uh, masturbation. So that's the first rule. That's the first rule. Rule number two, you cannot play with more than two players. And like, I'm not simply talking about menage a trois, but I'm, I'm talking about having too many sexual life partners over your your uh, time here. Um, this is a problem. It's a huge problem, especially in the West, because like, you know, when you're dating, you have a partner and then you sleep with them and then you break up with them and then you get back with them and then so on and so forth. And this is, again, like, especially the older you are, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like in your 20s or 30s, like, don't skip this this part. Like, don't, because I know like a lot of people feel uncomfortable, especially when people get older, they don't want to be told about what to do in their relationship. As one person said, don't tell me what to do in my bedroom. Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> like, let's relax. I'm not, nobody's telling you what to do in your bedroom, but we're talking about the Bible. Now, we, when it comes to the Bible, we talk about all aspects of our spiritual life, about how we should pray, how we should fast. But purity is an a, a essential part of our spiritual life. And we must take time to talk about it, even if it makes us feel uncomfortable. Now, please understand, the reason we stay away from fornication is not only to make God happy. We've talked about this in the past when we were just talking about generally sinning. Like, we don't avoid sin just because we want to make God happy. But we, we should do it because we understand the rules and we agree with God's rules. We've talked about this last time. Think about the example of, of drinking and driving. The reason why people avoid drinking and driving is not because it's against the law, but because they understand the danger that could arise from drinking and driving. The same thing, we have to take time to understand the true danger and harm that can come from uh, fornicating, and that could come from having multiple partners. I talk about many of the harms that can occur in the book, but here I will spare you the details and I'll talk about one of the ones that I've heard many of my friends talk about. I mean, uh, I have friends that are married. I have friends that are uh, about to get married. And, and, and this is a, a reality that I don't think anyone will deny. But before I talk about that, I want to tell you something very, very happy. I am very happy. You understand because, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I got, I did something very, very good. I, I treated myself to a gift the other day. I bought a laptop and it is amazing. It is amazing. It's like a big screen and I'm able to see multiple things at the same time and it's fast and, and I don't have any problems so far, but the only problem is like, it's a Mac and I'm like a Windows guy. You understand? So like my previous laptop was Windows. So like if, like if you're a Mac user, please don't hate me or anything like that. But I still prefer Windows and I think it's easier to navigate. Okay, stop. 
Do you see what I'm doing? I'm doing something that everybody does, which is I'm comparing my new laptop with my old one. This is a very normal thing to do. We all do it in all aspects of our life. Whenever we come across something new, we compare it with something old. Now, unfortunately, this also transpires into our partners that we, we are engaged with. It's inevitable. And if we have several sexual partners over a period of time, you're going to start comparing your current relationship with that of the previous one. I mean, this is just on, if we're really honest with ourselves, that's what's going to happen. Now, imagine you're a young person and you've had five sexual partners in the past and finally you're able to settle down and get a wife. Now, each time you kiss your wife, you might be thinking to yourself, wow, my wife is amazing, but the best kisser is partner number four. Or when she laughs, you you think to yourself, wow, partner number two is, she had the cutest smile. Or when you get into the bedroom, you inevitably start thinking about the one of your previous encounters. I mean, this is what our brain does. We do it all the time when it comes to our phones, when it comes to our laptops, when it comes to friendships. We we compare friends to friends, right? Like I had a friend of like five years ago who did this, da, 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 but this friend is like this, but this friend is like that. We compare. The same thing is true when it comes to sexual partners. But you don't want to think about your future wife in this way. I mean, or your future husband in this way. Like you want to accept them and, and, and not have anything like to compare it with. Of course, that's the whole point of marriage. And this is why God has given the idea of sex to a married couple. The whole point is to discover each other's bodies for the first time without any previous expectations. Marriage is the time where the two could come together to learn about the game of sex together. But each time you're engaging in a new sexual partner, you're raising your expectation of sex to a different level. If the person you decide to marry does not meet this standard, you will be disappointed. That's the second rule. Now, the third rule. You cannot play against the same team. Like, I get it. I understand. Trust me, I get it. The world is changing and new rules are coming up about gay marriage and the rights of the, you know, LGBTQ and I don't know any other letters that's been added since. But but the Bible is firm about this. And we can't change what the Bible says. Now, if you would like to hear more on this topic, make sure to listen to the next podcast when we just we we will dedicate an entire chapter to talk about this. So for now, rule number three, you cannot play against the same team. These are the three rules. So now we've talked about the rules of the game. You're probably thinking, wait a minute. All this says I can't have sex. So when can I have sex? When can I play the game? You understand? Well, it should be obvious by now. Sex is a gift that is given from God to married couples. So if we engage in sexual activities before then, the game will eventually break. Usually after I give this talk about sex, there's a common question I get, which is, 
like, how can we resist temptation? Okay, like, we learned we're supposed to wait until marriage. We learned that we're supposed to stay pure and not fornicate. But what can I do personally to uh, stay away and fight the, the temptation? Or a slightly altered question that I get, which I think is cute, is how far is too far? Like, what can I do with my girlfriend or my boyfriend before, like, I go too far? I break any rules of the game. And here's my answer. Whatever you're planning to do is probably too far. Like, whatever is causing you to ask that question, to wonder about, or whatever you're planning to do, I'm sorry to tell you, but that's probably too far. I know that's not the answer that you want, but <laughs> it's just it's just the truth. Sexual temptation is like a huge magnet, and the closer you get to it, the harder it will be to get away from it. It's going to keep pulling you in closer and closer and closer. It's a magnet. So if you happen to have a boo, just don't be a fool. I should have been a rapper. I should have been a rapper. Would have made millions of dollars. But here's the thing. So the point is, don't date in private locations. Like if you have a boyfriend and a girlfriend, I understand you guys want to talk and, and all this stuff, but don't be like in a room alone. Don't go to a, an area where you can be alone because you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. A priest once told me, when a girl calls a boy and says, hey, do you want to come over? My parents are not home. And he says, okay. He has already fornicated with her. And she has already fornicated with him. Because, like, what do you, th what do you think is going to happen once they get into the room alone? I mean, what do you think? Like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, you know, there was a situation where I was with a girl alone. Nothing happened. Good. Like, I'm glad nothing happened. But how long can you keep that up? If, think about the example with the phone and my niece. Like, my, my niece threw the phone on the ground. Nothing happened to the phone. But do you think I'm going to give her the phone again to see how many times she could throw it on the floor before it breaks? Eventually, it's going to crack. If we keep doing that. Don't play with fire. Don't play, don't play with fire. So... Here's the thing, especially when we talk about relationships, because we're talking about relationships, let me just say, first of all, I know you're going to hate me, but if you're in high school or even college, you should think twice before getting yourself into a relationship. I know. I know. Like, I get it. Like, you don't want to, whoa, that's too much. But like, truthfully, if you... Take time to reflect on your schedule and your life. You don't even have, like, time right now. You don't have stability. Like, each time, especially when you're, like, 17, 18, your mind is growing. Like, you're growing physically. You're growing mentally. You're growing emotionally. And the, the reality is the attitudes you have now is going to evolve over the next year, the next two years, and so on and so forth. And the, your likes and dislikes are going to change. And the same way you're going to wake up in like a year or two, you're going to realize, wait a minute, I don't like that person that I'm with. And, and, and unfortunately, I've seen this case a lot. And the reality is, given the fact that you, you, your mind is changing physically, mentally, mentally, 
And you couple this with the reality of, like, at this age, you don't have the capability to control yourself from the sexual temptations. I mean, that part of our brain develops much, much later on. So what happens is, and I've seen this so many times, that, like, this is why I'm very emotional about it. When you're 18... Especially when you're, if you're a girl, like you meet a guy that you think you're in love with and especially because you don't have the ability to control yourself sexually, you might give in to the temptation, lose your virginity at that age and you have sex with him or even her. This works for a guy too, thinking you will marry them. But in like a year or two, your likes and dislikes changes and your interest changes and then you break up with that person. Oftentimes, people end up regretting this decision. Especially at a young age, people look back and say, what was I thinking? There's a lot of folks, a lot of people who've, who think this way. And I'm telling you, based on many, many, many testimonies of, of people that I mentor, and this is the reality of what, what happens, especially if you talk to people in their mid-20s and 30s, there's always, oh, you know, like I messed up. and I mean, But you, if, if you're young, like hear the advice of the elders and, and, and pay attention. But the reality of many people who put a lot of energy and time into a relationship at a young age just simply doesn't work. Even especially if they've made a mistake at a young age, then they get scared and they don't want to get into like further relationships because they like they don't want to expose themselves to like another opportunity to get hurt and all this stuff. And then the whole idea of marriage is off-putting to them. Which brings me to the next point. Now, we said if you're young, like if you're in college and high school, maybe it's not the best time to date. But if you're after college and mid-20s, early 30s, that is the time for you to start thinking about marriage. Because again, marriage is a gift from God. So when is the right time? Well, there's no right age, but... Uh, about this period, if you're mid-20s and 30s, there's a culture in the West of saying, I don't need a man, I don't need to be married. But really, marriage is a gift from God, especially if you're a young girl in your 20s and 30s. Listen up. I know you don't want to like hear this, but it's the reality. There's a biological clock. Of course, your mom has probably told you about it. And after a certain age, you're just not going to be able to have a child again I'm telling you all this based on serious testimonies I've heard of people, young girls in their 30s. If you're if you're spending time on a relationship that's just not going anywhere, don't spend too much more time with some, someone that you don't think you have a future with. Or just don't waste your time, period. Because again, once you reach 30 reality is going to start kicking in and you're going to start to get worried about who am I going to get married and when am I going to have kids and most of the time young girls at this age end up settling with somebody because of fear of not ending up alone and they make very irrational decisions of course not everyone this is I'm not talking about everybody but this does happen so in order to avoid these type of problems, understand your age. Understand your age. And if you're at the right time to start thinking about marriage, then start thinking about marriage. And this goes along for men as well. Of course, I'm picking on the young women because of the biological clock. But men need to be serious about marriage as well. Because, again, it is a gift from God. Which brings me to my next point. If 
Marriage is a gift from God, then dating is a precursor to receiving this gift. To put it another way, marriage is considered holy and spiritual. That means dating is a spiritual act as well. It's the first step that we take before we stand by the altar as we call on God's name. Therefore, ask yourself, how are you dating? Do you pray for God's approval? Are you constantly fasting to fight off the temptations that come along with dating? Are the two of you consulting your confession fathers? Well, you should be. If you want this to work out, get the approval from God. Last point. If you are about to get married, make sure to take time to thank God. Have your marriage within the church. It was God that found you a husband. So take time to thank him for the gift that he's given you. The challenge for the chapter is broken down to men and women. So for men, step one, read the book of Proverbs in its entirety. The book of Proverbs is going to guide you along your life. And step two, highlight all the advice King Solomon gives about women. And step three, out of the advices given, identify how many of them you've followed and how many of them you have not. So that's the challenge for men. Challenge for women, step one, read and memorize Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. 31. Identify which aspects of your life differs from that of a virtuous woman. And I hope you guys are taking the, the challenges seriously. It's only when uh, we are able to do that, um, we're going to get a lot out of um, the chapters and the readings. And hopefully you enjoyed. We got through it. Oof. <laughs> we got through it. But... <laughs> If you thought this was hard, well, n next time we're going to be talking about I was born this way, chapter seven. That should be interesting. And with that, I'll leave you um, and, and hopefully uh, you will come back to the next episode and we'll be able to talk and discuss and learn new things as well. Uh, have a lovely week and God bless. Bye -bye.